In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? And welcome back to another episode of No Silence Podcast with your host. Now nah, fuck that with your low glasses Malone. He dope. Man, back. Back like I never left, but back from a bit of a hiatus there. Man, I see, man. You, <laughs> internet, the internet down in Florida. I heard they, uh, DeSantis and shit, that shit crazy down there with the internet. I didn't have any internet problems with, like, the internet on a large scale. I just had an issue with AT&T and then an uh, issue with Xfinity. I say Florida is getting third world country right now. My liberal homie told me my liberal homie told me Florida 
is going third world right now. It's so dude, like my boy Kai from Dorsey was out here this weekend. Shout outs to Kai and thanks for not telling me, but we had a good time when I when I caught him on his Instagram story on South Beach. I had to call him and, and tell him, hey, what the hell? But um we were going around the city. He's like, Man, I can't believe how clean it is, how big, how how nice. Like they got so much cool. So he was just he was amazed by it. Mm. Florida is nice. I mean, in Miami, it, the crazy thing about Miami, and it fucked me up, right? Because <laughs> this is the thing about hip hop, right? And and hip hop is street urban culture, even the arts express, you know, the music part of it, right? Sure. Is when you're listening to people talk about places and they don't tell you key ingredients that make these places really unique. Right. Like, mm. like when you go to Atlanta and like you hear all these great stories about blah, 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 this, that, and the third. But then, you know, there's like the black homosexual population is crazy. Like almost like, so it takes you off guard because no rapper put that in their song. Like it was happening. And I don't care how many outcast albums I listen to, you know, how many tip albums I listen to, no matter how many Jeezy's, Jermaine Dupree's. None of those albums prepared me for that culture, you know, that culture class that getting off the plane and walking through that airport in Atlanta hit me with. Well, the same yeah. thing is for Miami. Like when you leave off Collins, you know, you leave off the beach and you driving through fucking Miami and it's like the ghetto soon as you leave the beach, <laughs> it's like... Man. It's right there, and nobody prepares you because all you hear is about the girls in Miami and this, that, and third. But as soon as you leave Collins, your ass will get robbed. Yeah, it's 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 pushed back a bit now, but yo, it's there's no medium. There's like it, you it, there's no medium. It's, it's the it's fade just, is the fade go from hair to bald instantly. Oh yes, yes. It's 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 not a fade. It, it's more like a burn scar. <laughs> it's just it's like bowl cut. Yeah, yes, balls. Yes, that's how I feel about it. You go right from Collins to trouble. That's what's so interesting. Now we we were out in um this area called Winwood, and and Winwood. If you were here, old Trick Daddy's songs, you know from Book of Thugs and say that he's talking about all these neighborhoods. He's talking about Winwood. Winwood is the arts. It's the party district now. It's like hipstery and nightclubs and all that shit. It is behind Overtown and on the other side of Little Haiti. It's just like you leave the designated parking area. You're in the projects. You're in the old school Miami projects <laughs> right outside the club. I cannot believe that those guys, God bless them. The police must have gone door to door and said, don't you fuck with those kids over there. Because if I lived over there, it would be like turning Willowbrook into the arts district and expecting <laughs> the guys from fucking PJs, not to rob every jackass coming out of the nightclub drunk every fucking Saturday night. It'd be an ATM machine. I don't know <laughs> how they convinced him not to walk over there. Hey, I, that's how the hit factory is. When I would be with Stunner, shout out to Stunner, Birdman, Toon, Lil Wayne, you know, the whole team, Cash Money. But like, you walk out of the hit factories, the projects is across the street. Was that in Atlanta? No, that's in Miami. Oh, 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 the studio. So you, I don't think you've been to the Hit Factory Studios yet, but Hit Factory where the studios at, right across the street is the projects. That's why they got that big ass gate up around Hit Factory like that. <clears throat> so, but something was on my mind. First off, no ceilings, GL in the spot doing what I do. 
my boy Pete back online, we back blazing, and my leg is feeling strong. Um, still not perfect, but it's feeling strong. Um, and we finna get back to really showering, you know, everybody that enjoys no ceilings with a ton of episodes. Fuck if they pan for them, fuck what they make. This is just what we do. So we about to ramp it up like we did last year around this time. Yeah. Um, We're gonna, we won't stop. Just because motherfuckers can't fuck with us. Yeah, motherfuckers yeah. can't fuck with us and, and it need to be understood. Um, But I was reading something. Um, mm-hmm. And it's weird because I, I, I never talked to, to, to the person who posted this. And um, this person that posted this is a legend in the game. He's a legend in the game. Um, responsible for part of DJ Quick's career, but he says on his post, it says, hey, gangbangers and street hustlers over 45 years old. Now I'm not over 45 years old. I'm not 45 yet. Yeah. It's going to be a while. I don't think you got the memo. Nobody youthful cares about your snitching. Well, he says, nobody youthful cares about your no snitching code anymore. And very few folks care about what you did in the streets in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s. Knock it off and retire. We've heard all your stories. Yeah. Now, I read that and it was super incendiary. Sure. To me, right? Because there's like this really weird, it's either ignorant or disingenuous message going around in, in, in mainstream America that the streets are not the streets. Right? And I get I need it. you to elaborate a little bit on that. So what do you mean the streets are not the streets? You're, you're hearing all of these stories, right? Where they're like, oh, you know, the streets are a myth. Troy Ave, that's his thing. Mm. You know, he's saying, oh, you know, things that happen in the streets that it's not true. The rules, you know, the gang life is it's not real. And it's like, okay. or like this particularly thing, right? Nobody youthful cares about your no snitching code. You know what I mean? Or I wouldn't argue with anything that, that guy said. You could disagree. You might not think it's the greatest. Well, it's just untrue. statement of all time. Well, it's, the problem with it is it's untrue, right? Because so what the average person that's consuming content is getting, right, is story. Mm-hmm. So they're hearing sure. the stories of 6ix9ine. They're hearing the stories of this rapper. They're hearing stories from YouTubers. The streets are still the streets. If you tell them somebody outside of you should be totally ashamed. And I'm talking about really telling not, you know, not the bullshit kind of telling. I mean, like you really are informing the police on someone else's crime to get less time. You know what I'm saying? To get less time in exchange for whatever crime you committed, you know, the lack of accountability. That's a real standard thing in all criminal worlds. Yeah. So outside of you should be ashamed for being like a whole ass nigga and not wanting to just personally be accountable for your own actions, right? You may get killed most likely. Like a lot of these people we talking about don't fraternize with the people, you know what I mean, that still believe in these things. A lot of these people that people are seeing on YouTube are not in the streets anymore. And as a professional yeah. rapper, 
I don't hang out on the seven like I used to. No matter if I if I still uh, uh, abide the same rules or the same caught the the same thoughts. You know what I mean? The same code or ethics of conduct. Sure. I still uh, I still live by them, even if I'm not hanging out. But it's another thing to believe and to lead people into saying that they don't believe that. There are fucking 20 some year old kids that are running around the streets that believe that shit wholeheartedly and will blow your motherfucking head off behind it. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I I, I kind of look at you can see it, you know, like in, in larger. Like a broader spectrum, like all, all these. Um, there's like a whole trend of like YouTube pseudo celebrity former mafia guys that snitched out of time or whatever and they you know kind of surfaced after 20 years of being you know off the grid or whatever the hell and they, they're like no now i'm gonna be you know do a youtube thing and talk about uh, yeah i'm gonna talk about all my old mafia stories after i snitched my way out of getting 17 life sentences and i got Shout 10 years with this snitching ass sure yeah him that other guy francis there's you know it's a chicago guy that did this there's a lot of there's no shortage of them i mean you can any mob town with a family there's got a, a youtube guy now sure you know so they're still they're, they're walking around i, I wouldn't want to do that if i was active in 35 and in that lifestyle, I wouldn't want to press that button. But well, this is the around. thing, right? Those people are not around people of the light. And another yeah. thing, those people are also not in position, or a lot of people don't know where these people are. Like they're not, they don't live in Boston. Yeah, but these guys got like speaking engagements on the internet. They really don't have speaking engagements. They're not marketing their speaking engagements like you would think. Again, yeah, sometimes it looks a little bit more transparent than it is. Because rest is sure, there's somebody still looking to blow Sammy the Bull's head off. That and mark my words, yeah, they never forget. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're old now. I mean, that's... And, and yeah. I, think, I think where I was going with it was when snitches represented 1% of the outfit, it was one thing. When everything gets federalized and penalties go from, oh, yeah, you do whatever, you're going to get two years. So now you're, you do anything, you're going to get 30, you're going to get 100, we're going to give you 1,000 years. The percentage of snitching has, has grown an awful lot, you know, as there's an impact on that well, in the fact that. I, I still think, I still think, though, in, in any, any um, criminal outfit. You know, because that could be the police, that could be a group in the police, all the way down to a street gang. There's still going to be very few snitches. And I think that's the confusion where it's frustrating to watch people mislead other people like this is the common conduct. And I, mm. I saw another thing where somebody was telling them people like, and it was weird because I was talking to one of my homeboys, Brother K-Ron, really smart brother. Shout out to Brother K-Ron. Got a doctorate, super smart. And we, we were talking about you know, he was talking about gang life. He was like, glasses, you know, man, it, it needs to be some kind of rules. And I'm like, he's like, you know, people don't abide by the rules. And I'm like, well, there are really never been rules in the gang. Mm -hmm. Right. Like. That's why I kind of really funny about a DP, because there are no written rules. When you first 
jump off the porch and decide that you're going to be a part of the criminal organization that you call a gang, you don't sign a contract of conduct. You don't say, here's the rules. No different than being in America, right? And the laws. You're not taught the laws. We're not taught the laws growing up. Like you would think they would teach that in school. Here are the laws. If you break any of these laws, you're going to jail. It's kind of like these ideas, right? That are like um, unspoken, you know, known things. I was explaining to somebody yeah. on Instagram, like even like with a DP, like, right. I was looking at somebody get DP by like seven people. And I'm like, that's not a DP. They, they put you off. If they call that a discipline, you tripping. You need to be shooting at them and never deal with them again. And I was on Instagram live and me and my homeboy was talking about it. And we were talking about ideas that can get you DP'd in the gang, right? And it's like, um, this DP stands for discipline for people who didn't know. It's a disciplinary procedure when you, you know, and honestly, this is my point. When you actually, um, <laughs> when you actually disappoint homies. Do, do you remember when we did that live show for, I think it was, <sighs> There was all kinds of people there. I forgot who we were talking to. It was the one we did outside. It was it was um it was Gangster Chronicles hundredth oh, oh, episode, maybe? Gangster Chronicles. Gangster Chronicles. Yeah, you were talking about a story of some guy who was <laughs> was locked up, who was disciplining everybody. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I remember I had the, oh yeah, I had the conversation with Mob James about like me and James disagree on one particular thing about what a gangster or a gangbanger is. Like, and a lot of G homies really feel like the only person that's gangsters is the infantry. And I'm like, that's pretty much the furthest thing from the truth on all scales. And when you think like that, you know what I mean? Like you kind of miss the big picture and you usually going to become a relic or you're going to be somebody that's going to be totally disappointed. If that makes sense. If you think only the infantry is a real gang member or a real gangster, you're going to leave gang banging very disappointed or you're going to like have a hard time. It's not going to work out for you because you're going to realize it's a lot of respect for certain people that necessarily are not part of the infantry. Sure. Why is respect is different? Like at the end of the day, street urban culture is rooted in masculinity. You know, it sounds crazy, right, Pete? You can relate because you 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 kind of studied the mafia a little bit. You know what I mean? You know, it's about being a man. All yeah. gangsterism on every street level, on every street urban level, is about being a man, right? It's, that's why snitching is frowned upon. We've talked about this. Is because you're going out like a girl, like real snitching, where you tell the police because they're gonna give you ten years, and you like, well, not to do these ten years, I'll tell you what Billy did. You know, what I mean, that's some girl shit. Being unaccountable is considered a woman. You know, we, we created that space like we always 100%. say for women to be unaccountable. So that's why it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon because it's unmasculine to not be accountable. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, go ahead. I will say it, it's, you know, the dynamic always kind of centers around reinforcing a hierarchy of masculinity and respect you know what i mean so if you are up here you think you're up here and you do something down here you're gonna physically get put down here it's like oh you want to be at the bottom we're gonna physically put you at the bottom you yeah. do something stupid in incarceration they're gonna physically correct you 
you know, saying anywhere else because that's that's where the respect really, I think, kind of rests upon is is the physical more so than like, oh, we're going to take you to the civil court over this nonsense. Sure, yeah, 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 exactly. And it's it's a bit primitive. You know, it's very primitive, but it's, it's the most efficient. It's efficient, and it's the way it's conducted at the lowest levels. Oh, excuse me, lowest. That's the wrong word. Lowest levels. The lowest financial places in life and the wealthiest places in life. Everybody has the same mind state between those, the bottom and the top, economically. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the point I was making was it's so many people that are YouTubers, that are content creators, and that are even rappers that are masking what's really going on, you know what I mean, because they're not a part of it. So mm-hmm. it just bothers me when I hear shit like that. I, I was listening to a dude, like back to Brother K. Ron, and he was telling me, he was like, um, yeah, G, you know, man, you know, it, it's no rules. And I'm like, there never were rules. Like, you don't sign a contract when you get put on. You know, even the, the DP part of it, like I said, that's why I always struggle with it, because it's like nobody sits you down and say, here are the rules. Because you know what the fucking cornerstone rule of all of this shit is? Be a fucking man. Yeah. In the most primitive sense. If a motherfucker go disrespect you, kick his ass or attempt to kick his ass. If your friend, you know what to get you, DP? Running out on a squabble. If if your homeboys yeah. are squabbling with some other guys, you know what I'm saying? And you run out. That may get you disciplined. There's no rule that says you have to fight, right? There's no rule. But if you don't, you as a man, you're frowned upon, right? I think, yeah, I I think that comes back to a very foundational definition of what it is to be a man. Like I've said, you know, before kind of touch and go, like men are producers and women are consumers. You're supposed to leave more at the table than you take from it, so to speak, in the bigger picture. If you're running around taking more from people around you than you're giving to the people around you, there's not a long, you know, long rope for that. You know, eventually mm. that's, that's going to expire pretty quickly. I no like, matter what you're doing. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, Pete, you've never been a gangster, but don't mm-hmm. some of these same rules apply to you as a man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been around a lot of that kind of different communities, but I've been around, you know, gangsters for 20 years, you know. Let's say you're not around gangsters. Let's say it's you and you don't really got a lot of Todd's, but let's say it's a Todd. And two guys start kicking Todd's ass. Like just a regular white guy from Huntington. Yeah, that's, that's everybody I knew before I was probably 20 years old, you know. So, yes. Right. So let's say you and Todd, right? Mm Because you and Todd and two guys start kicking Todd ass. What is the civilian way to deal with that? And what's funny is you just let him get his ass whooped and call the police while he's getting his ass whooped? 
No, you got to get in there. You, you kind of got to get in there. It, dep- it depends kind of also because situations like that don't tend to, I wouldn't say recur, but they're, they're not going to create a cycle. You know what I'm saying? So like if Todd gets too drunk at the bar and mouths off and throws a drink in some girl's face and his boyfriend, his boyfriend friend go and beat the shit out of him. And you know that that's exactly what happened. You go, you know, keep an eye on it. Make sure Todd doesn't get killed in the back. But Todd, you you asked for that one, Todd. I'm not, you, we're we're not all gonna fuck up our careers because you're an idiot. Okay, you, know, you wrote that check. What if? Okay, <laughs> okay. So and, and, what if Todd throws a drink in somebody's face and three people start to kick his ass? Whatever the number is, you just gotta kind of make. Like, it's funny. This is weird. This is a, a very very similar situation happened happened with me probably the last time I was in my mid twenties or something like that. And, and went out for drinks in Newport with my friends from high school. Everybody was wasted except for me because I had to drive off the peninsula and it's like a gauntlet of DUI traps to get off of there. So I was like, I'm not sure. So, which is bizarre. Cause I mean, and not Man, drinking for and you driving is, a, is yeah. a miracle, but for whatever reason that night, I wasn't going to drink and drive. This was your day. This was your day. <sighs> so we go to this thing. And somehow, I think, I'm not somehow, I know how, but there's a handful of people down there that, like, perceive me as being, like, adjacent to, like, the criminal underworld. So, like, one of my friends got in, started some shit, and there was four of them, four of my friends who were trashed, trashed, and then, like, five or six other guys who wanted to just smear their faces in the parking lot. And... Two of those guys, the other guys, knew me. So I stood in the middle of this thing trying to – my friends couldn't defend themselves. I wasn't going to fight six guys over these idiots. So I'm trying to make sure that this doesn't really go down like that. These guys are like, oh, oh, bro, bro, I didn't know it was you. Don't get mad at me. And I'm like, I don't even like you. Like, we're not friends. Just, I just want these guys to leave. They can't hardly walk. So I look around, and no one touched me. One guy had my friend in the headlock, hit him in the head. I grabbed the dude. I threw him on the ground. He didn't touch me. Another guy's punched my dude. I grabbed him, threw him. No one touched. I know I was the only person that didn't get touched. It was the strangest thing in the world. Everybody got hit in the face two, three times. No one put a finger on me. It was bizarre. I don't know what to make of it. And then, and then the security came, and of course, security then goes and grabs me and nobody else but me. And some old lady who owns the bar ran up behind me and grabbed my shirt, and I turned and like swung. And I swung across the arms of the old lady who grabbed my shirt. And then everybody spazzed out at me, of course. <laughs> but nothing really happened. We all made it out of there, okay? Fucking Pete. Hey, all the crazy going on, but you did that one. Fucking Pete, bro. Fucking Pete, I was just bro. Like, so, yeah, but I mean, it kind of depends. I mean, there's, a, there's more of a long play mentality, like where I grew up, you know, than sure. maybe – more so than when you where you where you grew up to to that degree, and and because you know, it has to do with with degrees of potential risk. You know, your your risk is going to be greater in the short term. You know, you do sure. let some shit get out of hand in the short term, and watch it's that's there's not going to be a long term. You do yeah. something stupid in Newport, you know, you know, you what you gonna get a shiner? What you gonna get a nose busted open? That's as bad about as bad as it's probably gonna get for you, but. 
you fuck around and put something on your record. Now you aren't going to be on the bar. You aren't going to be a lawyer no more. You're going to be selling insurance and making a 10, 10 cents on the dollar what you were previously supposed to be making. And that's going to fuck up your whole life. So it's 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 a different calculation. <laughs> sure. So, but the original point, the idea, right? Where let's say if let's say it's you, you're the drunk one. You flirt with yes, a girl. This is very familiar. You're not wrong. You yeah. just flirting with the girl. Right, because it's for mm-hmm. sure something you can relate to, right? You yeah. flirting with a girl, you Todd and Jim, Jim, Todd, Jim over there dragging. You flirt with the girl, the girl on you. Her boyfriend comes up, boyfriend mm-hmm. comes up with the home, irrational, upset. See you talking to his girl, they start kicking yeah. your ass. Yeah, right. They get on your ass. They kicking your ass. If Where am Todd, I? You're at a bar. Where is this bar? Uh, let's say this is in. Who would I be I at this bar with? I knew okay, I'm down there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Huh? I didn't know what, you, you, who you, you I was with that night. I'm in Nor. I'm in Nor. Yeah, yeah, in- yeah. So you're in Huntington Beach. So you're not you're not in the home stomping grounds of uh, Newport, but you're in Huntington Beach, yeah. right? Yeah. But I'm not with and I'm not with my people. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with my people by birth. Yeah, you with your people like 19, 18 year old people, but y'all grown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Todd, Jim's your guys, and these three guys kicking your ass because you was talking to this girl. You didn't know this was this guy's wife. So you're talking to this girl. They come, they kicking your ass. If mm-hmm. Todd and Jim don't help you, are you guys still friends? I wouldn't want them to. To me personally. No, I'm saying so. Let's say they to. don't help. I, they better not help me. Are y'all still friends? Yes. Did they make that mistake? No, I made the mistake. I'm not going to have them fuck off their career that they worked hard for for 30 years of their life to attain because I fucked up at a bar drunk. That's my problem. I have to write that check. Not sure. But all three of the guys kicking your ass. I don't care if it's 50 of them. I wrote that check, not them. And I guess that's where it's different because we had a bar. I don't give a fuck what you did. We finna Mm -hmm. be squabbling them. Yeah, no, and I for think, sure. and, and and maybe that is where that maybe and maybe that's the greatest part of this conversation because that's really what separates underworld life from yeah. on top of and, I, and, and 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 yeah, that's the point. In underworld life, it's probably underworld people. You got to deal with them like that again. Those three, those half dozen guys, whoever the hell smears my face up and down the parking lot outside of that bar because I talked to that girl. I don't have to deal with them anymore. Not in a meaningful way. No, I agree. Totally. I, I definitely have said ample times your reputation is how you earn and survive where we from. Right. Where, where I'm yeah. from. Right. So I get it. But. um, So the rules are different, but I'm trying to see how different are they anywhere else? Like, would you consider a friend, somebody who lets you get your ass? Let's say you didn't do nothing wrong. If, if we were all 19 or out of high school and it's, you know, or, you know, like the guys from the football team, or whatever, go out and get into a melee with the guys from the other football team at a house party, you know, and after school, that's out in summer. Yeah. You're probably not going to just be cool. If you let that happen, it's going to be a. Okay. A big, okay. So at least I wouldn't be cool. Yeah. It kind of be like crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's what makes street urban culture what it is, right? It's you don't have a regular set of morality 
in the mainstream world when you don't have church. Like every all morality is created by a legal precedent or a religious precedent. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? Like yeah. the laws determine how far you can go or a religious instruction or a religious discipline instruction tell you how far you can go. Well, the street urban culture kind of creates their own thing, right? Where you have to be down with your homeboy, even if he wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. If my homie go talking shit to some niggas, you know what I mean? Two guys and they start a fight and they start getting his, I'm going to jump in and help him. You know what I mean? Now, later on in the hood, we might have a problem. Later on, me and that dude might have a problem later on because he didn't got me in some shit and got me into a fight. But at that specific moment, this person means enough to me to where I'm not going to let y'all do anything to him. Just sure. anything. Is there a component of this where, let's say, if it's you're only dealing with guys from the seven and only dealing with other guys who are like put on someplace else, where it's a bad reflection on Seventh Street Crip in general. Like, the, like you can't have that. The perception be that anybody or whoever from over there can get Hands got down. by somebody else. You yeah. have to protect that brand. Hands down. That, that's the cornerstone. It's the reputation of pride and ego. Because poor people, that's all you have. So yeah. everything you earn is off of just that alone. Like people pay your debts back based off of what you will do to them. They don't. They don't pay your debts back because. They're honorable. I just had this conversation um, with someone. I can't remember who it was, but I'm like, I don't act the way I'm acting because it's reciprocal. You know what I mean? The, 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 the crip in me is not that person because it's reciprocal. It's because this is how everybody else is. I'm me because of how Olivia raised me. Right. So even let's pull it out of the realm of gangs and bring it back into just living. Right. How I interact with women. I treat a prostitute and a nun the same exact way. If a prostitute was coming into a restaurant, I'd hold Does that mean you, Oh, I, I didn't know if that meant you treated nuns like prostitutes or prostitutes like nuns. Well, they all get treated the same, you know what I mean, <laughs> on the meets, on, on, on the get-out, right? It's like, sure, sure. you know what I mean? Like, I would hold the door open for a nun or a prostitute. Like, they're the same. I would hold the door open because it's not a representation of who they are. It's a representation of who my mama was, who Olivia was. But I realize the type of intellect and discipline that that takes and requires to happen. And I also understand that most human beings don't operate in that space. Most human beings operate in the reciprocal space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm going to treat you how you deserve to be treated or I'm going to treat you how you treat me. See, I'm the exact opposite. Even as a gang member, I'm not going to treat a homie how they treat me. I'm going to treat you how I treat anybody else. Sure. I'm going to treat the most markish person and the hardest person exactly the same until either one do some shit to me. And then the hardest nigga going to have to prove he the hardest nigga. And then the markish nigga going to actually have to get some guts because either way, if they violate me, me, we got a problem. Sure. I, I would say that to a large degree, most people are governed by deterrence, uh, micro and macro. You're not so much governed by deterrence. You're yeah. governed by your own personal standard because deterrence is, I mean, you, Fair. I'm sure on a, on a given day, you, I, I, there's not enough of you. You'll, you'll die over this, you'll go to jail over this. Sure, well, yeah. Those are the deterrence. If you don't care about those things, then you're doing what you want to do. 
In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. 
Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, being black in America and being street in America, right? Because it's, 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 they they they're not the same. Because this is sure. a whole bunch of Irish people, Italian people, the street. Feel me? It's a lot of motherfucking uh, uh, Chicano, Latin people, street. So being black and being street, I've realized something that makes me unique than a lot of people in America as well. The quality of my life is more important than the preservation itself. That's yeah. one thing that I really believe is the cornerstone to, to street urban culture or gang life or whatever you want to call it. The quality of life is more important than life itself, than just the preservation. And I noticed that's yeah. that's not common. Like we were, me and the homie was Absolutely. talking about the stuff that happened with Kodak Black and 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 Takashi, and they was like, "Oh, you know, Glass, he, he paid him a million dollars." First off, that's just not true. I don't want to get into that. That's just not true. I don't give a fuck how much bullshit they gonna put up. It's just not. I just know the business well enough to know that that's not what you would pay, right? I don't care what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But another thing that was important was to listen to people rationalize it and them just saying like another guy tells me, oh, well, you know, I don't care about street street politics. And I'm like, this is not about street politics. Like this is about men being men. You know what I mean? Like mm. and, and, and the more I listen to him talk, I realized he didn't have a backbone like he would suck a dick to stay alive. And that's yeah. to me how I feel like. Like, Pete, I don't think you are no gangster. I do think there's a bit of outlaw in you. I don't think the law determines. And I think even most um, what people refer to as conservative people, there is a greater sense of law. There is a really simple list of laws that they fuck with and everything else. It could be whatever. They're they're, they're very like real. I'm, I'm like half conservative. People that are like really conservative are very, very much they operate in a very strictly defined space because they're yeah, they they very much respect the law, but they also very much are biblical people. So they respect that law too. So they're operating in a confine of layers of laws that they respect and attempt to adhere to to their best ability all the time. It's 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 a very restrictive lifestyle. <laughs> And it's funny because you would think too restrictive for me. And it's crazy because the way society is set up, because you would think liberal people would be the more adherent to rules and standards. And it's like, no, like it's the exact opposite. Conservative and Republicans are more adherent to like rules and standards. Yeah. Liberal people adhere to rules and standards when they have power and they're in charge and they're writing the rules. Do they then still? Yeah. I think they make the rules as they go. That's kind of the whole point of liberals. Like, oh, every day it's a new rule because it might need to change. And it's like, well, I think the standard of life should stay the same. I think I think no matter what's going on, we should keep the same standard, you know what I mean, of, of living. I don't... Mm-hmm. It's like... People dying because somebody is using a gun does not mean the solution is to outlaw a gun. It depends on why the gun was created. 
What was the gun for? Why was the gun ordained? If that purpose is no longer being served, I understand the rule change. Sure. But back to the point. Um, oh, shit, I lost my damn train of thought, cuz. Motherfucker. Rules, people, and... Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, I would treat yeah. a nun and a prostitute the exact same way, so forth and so on. So, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I realize people don't. So, you need to shape society into a moral place for most human beings to have morals. Like, I never thought in a million years, bro. Like, I remember I never had a problem with like the alphabet mafia, that movement. I'm like, it made sense for me. I got it. I always thought liberally, like, oh, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't nobody be killed because, you know, shouldn't nobody be discriminated against because of their sexual preference? I'm thinking like life and death. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't want to see nobody die because, you know, like some guy sleeps with guys. You know what I mean? Like, that ain't the solution. But sure. I didn't mind the actual campaigns. I was like, okay, you want to make people more comfortable with it. Like I saw it growing up, you know, people dying of AIDS. My mom took care of terminally ill patients. And at that time, you know, people really had AIDS, like the real AIDS, not the new AIDS, but like the real AIDS where you get them silver dollar sores on your body. Yeah, so yeah. I met a lot of gay people in Beverly Hills and really nice places, white people dying. So I always had like I never thought of a gay person as different. I just thought that was just who you was fucking, right? But yeah. I realized other people would pick on gay people, so I got it. But now sometimes I look and I'm not sure. And the only reason that is is because where the human condition is right now. Like I genuinely think there are people acting like they are gay to have people concerned and to to feel like people care about them to be relevant in other people's life. And there's Damn no what? way you could have told me that somebody would act like they take a dick to be down. Boy, that's that's a tough that's a admit. tough one. That's a that's a big ask. Yeah, and it's like it's a big ask. I don't know about that. I know it. Wow. I know it. Wow. I'm sure. Like I know yeah. people oh. who are I think that Bud Light guy like moved to Europe and looks like not so much like a girl anymore and is like dating a chick. I I yes. I think that's that's true. I have to I have to verify that. I, you I, have, I heard that on a if podcast. If you have the economic if you have the the economic means, you could push your agenda through whoever people and people are yeah. and, and it goes back to that conversation about like a Kodak doing a song with Takashi. It goes back to that, right? Because it's like my issue with that whole thing was like we're watching this guy, right? Slowly show you, like, oh, you know, you, he goes to these countries, and these countries don't have black people, and you could tell that they don't care that he told on some black people, or in their mind they're like, oh, okay, you know what? Um, you know, they were criminals and he wasn't, and it's like the only reason you think he's not a criminal is because he's light. You know what I mean? You like. If you look at his history, he's obviously a criminal. Like he he understood it. He just knew that people didn't care about black people. So you show somebody that's pretty much at this point exploiting people that look like you. So when he said, Hey, would you do this verse? That stood for way more than just, hey, working with somebody who's unaccountable. 
it's the equivalent of, of a man saying, hey, um, can I fuck you in the ass for a million dollars? And then you feel like, sure. well, I got a million dollars and you showed it to everybody. But it's like, at what <laughs> I'm bragging about your million dollars. Yeah, like that's how it is. It's like, oh, he, like it's like money is not the ultimate solution. Money is not the ultimate goal. And that's what I think is getting lost in this world. And it's crazy because when yeah. you think about books like the Bible and different ideas, they talk about this time where money becomes so important to human beings, not even for a re not even for a reasonable means of just staying alive, because just mm -hmm. to have an excess to feel like they are special because they obtain it. Because Kodak Black is not somebody who really needed a million dollars from Takashi. No. Now, I'm not saying Kodak Black can make a million dollars stand on top of his head, but Kodak Black is he in a position. can make a million dollars pretty freaking easily. Yeah, he can pretty much put together a run. So there is no yeah. reason. I could see if he went not paid some new rapper coming up out of Watts that was a real nigga out, the, out of the Nickersons, and he didn't have shit, and he, okay, I get it. Yeah. But you already got some money. You just wanted mm -hmm. to stand, no matter how he put it, you just wanted to stand. And and even like when I look at the whole scene, it's like the belief is you're like, there's a group of people on the internet, like they're launching a campaign against the street, except they're all posing like they're street. Yeah, that's funny. You know what's, what would be fuck? interesting? I would love to see if you could, call, here, figure this out. Like invest an afternoon in this for me. I want you to, make whatever phone call you have to make to get the number to make whatever other phone call you have to make so that we can do a compare and contrast because i am willing to bet right now that sexy red the self-professed prostitute would not do a song with takashi 69 for the money swear to god <laughs> and, and, and and that's She's my like point. i'm from north side of st louis i'm not doing that shit. man because at the end of the day, motherfuckers really know. Even if they can't articulate what's their problem with somebody really snitching. It's a mm. deep down thing where you just look like you, even the police. Police be like, whole ass nigga. Like, <laughs> nobody <laughs> likes a motherfucking man who doesn't want to be accountable. Yeah, you ever see the guys like on uh, verse 48, when, when they're talking to the shooter, and he cracks, they're like high-fiving and shit. But then when they're talking to like the shooter's friend and the shooter hasn't cracked it, but the snitch like sold him out, they all go in the hallway and start laughing hysterically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're not high-fiving the same way. They're like, get out of here. They slam the door and burst into hysterics by the water cooler. They, nobody respects it. And, and just somewhere along the line, it's been painted like it's just black. And that's my problem with that post. But that's also my problem when people talk about hip hop. Hip hop is street urban culture. I get it. Yeah. And, I, and I promised myself I wouldn't say this publicly, but it's bothering me. It's too much. It's, there's, there's a space in black America where people are ignoring the influences of street urban culture from Jewish people, from Italian people, from Irish people, and from Latino people into the shape of this culture or into all street urban cultures. It's the reason why every motherfucking hood or every gang got a Capone. That is not a, 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 a that's not a name that just you just made up. That's that's, yeah. that's the motherfucking person of a, like of five rappers background. with Gotti in their name and some. Yeah, it's a reason why Gotti isn't everybody's name. 
and and it's just intellectually lazy and disingenuous to act like you don't recognize everybody else's contribution to it. And and that's how I feel about this whole conversation. Even with that, like he specifically is catering that to just black people. Like the street life only belongs to us. And then you'll have people that'll say, well, I ain't worried about nobody else. Well, if you're not accepting that this is a human condition of poor people around the world, then you're just not really, and this is what I was telling K-Ron, brother K-Ron, if you're not accepting that this is a condition for poor and oppressed people around the world, they're doing this shit everywhere, right? Then, mm -hmm. then we're not having a really intelligent conversation. We're like, how do we solve one problem when this is everybody's problem? Or why is it just our problem when it's everybody's problem? Like, I hate yeah. that rhetoric that, you know, black people, you know, I don't, what I don't like about gangs is, you know, they don't target anybody, it's only black people. Well, Russia is targeting Ukraine. Yeah, and if you go back through history, as far as snitching goes, you you see that anytime that there is a resistance against um, an oppressive governing body, whether it's on the rise or on the fall, and they try to shake out, you know, the, their opposition, there's, there's always going to be degrees of strength among men. And people who will sell out, you know, there's there's your Oscar Schindlers, then there's the other the other opposite person who says, no, 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 no. Oh, you know what? You know who the opposite of Oscar Schindler is? Hmm. George Soros's father. <laughs> wow. There's Schindler or there's Soros. Oh, I don't see any Jews here. I'm just running my train, train full of Jews, getting out of the, you know, the gas chamber from Hitler, whatever Schindler's doing. We'll give you a million dollars. You can point us to some Jews. Oh, thank you, Mr. Soros. So they're over there at Schindler's? Absolutely. Now, where's my check? And it's crazy because you think about it like if 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 the law is your reasoning, well, that's the same reason why people told on a lot of slave rebellions. Those slave rebellions were they were they were pretty much ratted out by snitches. Dudes who was on the plantation, like, well, y'all breaking the law. And it's like, God damn, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Like, I don't think nobody would be upset if you if you told the police on somebody murdering a four year old kid. Like if, if some guy murdered a four year old kid and you murdered a four year old kid. Because that's not know, a movement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody would be like, oh, you snitch ass. You told him. You know what I mean? Like niggas yeah. would be just like, damn. You know what I mean? You you would turn your back. You Because like, <laughs> <laughs> other than that, you, nobody would like, call that guy a snitch. Yeah. Oh, if good you for raped him. So he... a girl, if you raped a girl and you called the police on your homies, you know what I mean? That was raping a, a, a five-year-old girl. Nobody's gonna call you a snitch. No, they might be like, "Why did you just shoot him? Why you didn't but, kill him?" Like, thanks. You know I mean? But yeah. that, it's just, you know what I mean? But but the point of being an outlaw is to handle things outside of the law. Yeah, outlaw outside of the law. So. Mm -hmm. I think that expectation is just a lot for human beings to understand that lives their life within the law. But I, I be sure. thinking some of this shit is so standard. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, let's say you're wrong in that situation, right? And that guy jump on you for trying to talk to his girl with his friends and your homies don't yeah. help, right? They don't help you because you was wrong. But what if you weren't wrong? What if they just start kicking your ass because it was kick Pete ass day? I don't like your face. <laughs> and they just start kicking your ass. I would expect, I would hope you would expect your friends to help you. Maybe they don't got the greatest hands. You know what I'm saying? But 
Yeah, yeah. I would hope that you would expect your friends to stand up with you. And I think that's yeah, the cornerstone. I, I just want them to just, just do the right thing. You know what I mean? Do the right thing. Let the right thing. Let the right thing be done. I'll say that much. If I and fuck what, up, what's the right thing at that point? Like, would you be bad at me if two guys was kicking your ass and you was wrong and I helped you? You'd be like, glass, I'm not fucking with you. You're gonna throw your life away for helping me. I it hope depends. you told me as a friend. You, how could you if, if you got, if you got the life away for, if for, and I was wrong. Shit for you and your family, I'd be pretty damn disappointed in you. I'd be like, why the fuck you do that? I've had that one coming. I had it coming to me. Why the fuck do you fuck over to people close to you like that? They they rely on you. I'm I'm a shit throw. That's that's what shit throws that's get. Out. That's this is a really interesting conversation right here. You know what I mean? Because. My brother, my younger brother, I've respected him, but he got a lot of homeboys out of the situation that he got them in and he got them out of it by being accountable. Mm. And so, again, it's still rooted in masculinity. Even your stance yeah. is, you know, both of our stances is right. My stance is right for helping you because I'm your friend and I'm a man. Yeah. And I'm like, you're not going to jump on my friend. Because you're going to contribute more than you take. And I don't want to take more than I contributed to the situation. But But what if you're not wrong? What if it's just kick Pete ass day? If that's what I say, then then what's right should be done. I mean, then what's right is I then, jump in and make sure that they don't get your ass yeah, too good, that's, right? That's that's the just thing at that point. Yeah, that's the just thing because because then because then they're the wrongdoers. If I'm the wrongdoer and they're justice, don't fight justice. If they're the wrongdoer and we're justice, we gotta fight them. Good looking out for tuning in to the No Sillers Podcast. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the West Coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A-King, for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.